Welcome to Out of the Blank. to another episode of out of the blank susan welcome to the show please for the audience out there listening introduce yourself to us okay well welcome uh, i'm really glad to be here this is a nice nice little treat for a, a early morning for me early morning is 10 30 in the morning <laughs> i'm so curious to what that is right behind you to your oh, left. oh my grotesque i guess it's a grotesque it's, this little guy over here is it is yeah. it a statue yeah, it's a statue. It's okay. kind of fun. It's got a Scottish hat beanie on. And then this is James Randi. And there's a gargoyle back there, too. And this is a bunch of paperwork I'm working on. There's a cat behind here, too. So so this does that this, is that a, is like, would that be does that lead into you like anything that you do? No, he's just a good friend. OK, all right. My all grotesque. He hangs out nice. with me. Well, I think it's actually a woman. I'm not really sure, but she kind of just hangs out with me. And we're we're a bit odd over here. And uh, we call our house catnip catnip corners. <laughs> It's a little odd. And I'm in the war room. This is what they call it. So the war room. Yeah, this is where I do all my activism and so on. So <laughs> I'm Susan Gerbeck. I am born and raised in Salinas, California. Still live here. And I am retired. And I uh, was a portrait photographer, mainly focusing on infants and, you know, under age five for 34 years. And I was retired in 19... 2016 and now I'm a full-time kind of skeptical activist and I do a lot of things I'm really interested in the community of mm -hmm. skepticism very interested in conferences and growing the community and supporting people who want to do more you know the armchair kind of skeptics who are you know listening to podcasts and and reading articles and books but they've just kind of been you know what should I do I really want to get active but I don't know where to start so I am a um, they more or less saying I heard cats and um, I have a lot of managerial experience from my years working in retail. And um, so I took on psychics just kind of as a fluke whenever I was, oh, gee, I was looking for something to do back in 2010, trying to find what it was that I was going to focus on. And I stumbled on uh, a person named... Um, Robert Lancaster, who was posting on a forum back in the day before Facebook called the James Randi Educational Forum, and he was investigating Sylvia Brown, the, the psychic. And, and so he was a kind of just a regular guy, you know, computer uh, programmer, and he had shown how we could take all the claims of Sylvia Brown because she had made them on a show called Montel Williams. It was a talk show yeah. back in the day. It was pretty popular. And she, um, I guess, didn't see that the internet would be a thing someday. And, oh gosh, I think that was in the 80s or 90s she was on this show. But by you know 2000, transcripts became available. So what Robert Lancaster was doing was taking her actual transcripts from the show. And when she used to go on to another ta uh, radio show called um, Larry King Live that was on yeah, CNN, yeah. 
And so he would take her transcripts and she would say something to a family member or, you know, whatever it was she had done. So whenever he found that she had uh, named somebody, you know, something that could be checked, she would, he would go and he would investigate it. And then he wrote this all up in these really interesting articles. And they appeared on a website called Stop Sylvia or Stop Sylvia Brown. And it was like a, like a light bulb moment for me because it was a way of somebody an average person like myself to be able to get involved and look at the facts and he wrote about her ex uh, her her he wrote about her what she investigated you know what she had not investigated what she had um you know the claim she had made and he was never cruel he was never flippant he just was like here's the facts and it was a, it was wonderful, really eye opening. It was no snarkiness or anything of the sort. And I, I took on psychics as kind of my thing because I started helping him just with finding articles and things, just really little things. But um, it kind of fell in my lap. Do you have a belief in the paranormal at all? Uh, do you have a any type of like? Because I have I've had deja vu and stuff that's like kind of a little bit eerie and stuff that seems like oh that's weird. People call that like a glitch in the simulation, or people say it's like, <laughs> uh, some type of psychic thing. Now I, I I'm open minded to that to no end just because there's been things like um there's a girl that went missing a long time ago called Sarah I think her name Sarah Foxwell like when I was a kid. And my mom said she had a dream and then they called in an anonymous call. And then when they found the girl exactly where my mom had that dream of where the girl was now, take that for what you will. But my dad is completely like, I don't believe in any of this type of stuff. And then ever since that day, he really never questioned her on those types of things. Now that claim aside, I'm just saying there's been things like, for instance, dream wise or thing where deja vu constantly. I've never seen this moment before, but it's something you have a dream about. I'm in more belief of that. Like, I definitely think there's like something that should be investigated there. But my issue starts to become is when you have psychics saying that they, you know, they trying to talk to the dead. Now there's a fine line if you're doing it for free and you're a friend trying to help someone grieve over the, you know, passing of a family member, that is a little bit of sketchy territory, but kind of like walking on glass, I'd say, but when you're charging people an arm and a leg and people are more than willing in their guilt or whatever to be able to do, um, just because they want to last words with their loved one that's passed away. I consider that very, very, I don't know, icky in a sense. Well, yeah, it's icky. And the, the things you mentioned also about not charging or helping your friend get over it, no, those are, they're those definitely are on the path. They're definitely a no-no because um, the psychic, a lot of psychics will try to get their, you know, they're not confident. It takes a lot of time to build up a career. I mean, this is a very competitive market. These people are, there's lots of uh, other psychics who say they can do what they do, or we call them grief vampires. Mark Edward, um, who's my partner, and he's a, a mentalist, and he's also a um, debunker of psychics from way back. He used to be in the Psychic Friends Network and he wrote a book called Psychic Blues. So, you know, we're kind of a family of, psych of psychic busters over here, but Mark Edward and I call them grief vampires. And these are people who prey on the, the desperation, the vulnerability of these people who are, uh, you know, at a time in their lives where they should be not thinking about the, you know, communicating with the dead, they should be actually speaking to a licensed therapist, somebody who's a grief counselor, somebody who can guide them through, but telling them that you can see or talk to their dead family members is just, it's insulting. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's, it, they're trying to get a hook in them. 
And so a lot of these psychics that uh, mediums are called mediums when you can talk, when you say you can talk to the dead, a psychic might not necessarily be uh, uh, claimed to be able to speak to the dead, but mediums all are psychics. So it's, uh, I'll use the words interchangeably, mediumship and psychics and grief vampires, but they aren't necessarily the same thing. My point is, is that when they're just starting out in their careers, a lot of them will try to latch on to uh, missing children, people who are missing, um, people who are uh, in the news. You know, if you had a child missing or something like that, you're going to get hit with uh, people constantly, you know, calling in, trying to get your, trying to hook on to your, your grief. There was you know, a, making all sorts of claims. There was that one lady that said that she found a little girl or found her said that the girl had died or whatever. And the one girl interviewing her was that little girl that she said she found all those years ago it was a very public click. I mean, there's yeah. definitely that that's where kind of, I, I mean, it, it's hard to, cause you, you want evidence, you want fact in a lot of these things. And a lot of people don't have those or can't show you, like, I can't show you what my deja vu is for instance, but I could tell you it happened, but I mean, I'm also not trying to, you know, dress up in the, I don't know what you call, have a crystal ball or anything like that. I'm not doing any of that stuff. I'm more keeping right. it to myself. And well, of I course not. And the human brain that. is amazing the way it works. And yeah. if you read anything by Elizabeth Loftus, who um, talks about memory and how, how fallible it is and how we can easily implant memories of people. She's uh, just written many books on it. She's fascinating. And um you know, as I was saying about the psychics that will will latch on to a family who's desperate and their child is missing, they'll put out a, you know, throw everything they can at the at the police saying, oh, well, I'm seeing the number six and I'm seeing I'm seeing a rock, a large rock and a body of water and, and all this other stuff. And if anything hits, then they're all over it. Oh, I said I saw the number six and there was highway six right there, you know, and it's just like that wasn't helpful to to the case at all it was just a number six and what they don't charge this is the thing they'll say they don't charge so i've heard that many times people will say oh well she doesn't charge it's like because she's not good at it yet she hasn't she hasn't gotten her uh her you know she's not confident in it yet she's still trying to get a reputation she's in she's basic still training yeah she's in training yeah so uh, people who say i'm doing it but I'm, I'm not charging well so what you're just not good at it yet you know <laughs> if you could get good at it you would be charging. Trust me. Yeah. These people make money like crazy, hand over fist. A lot of it's cash. So, you know. Eventually, someone's going to be like, well, you should go. You should get your license for it. The next thing, you know, like the Reiki energy healing thing. How do you feel about that? Because I'm so against that. Like you put your hands on oh me. Somebody's God. getting assaulted. <laughs> well, the Reiki is where you don't touch. Yeah, they, they hover you above just wave you. It. Oh, come on. That's that's like I'm not touching you and sticking your finger in I'm their face. I'm not touching that's, you. I'm like not that, touching you. That angers me even more. Well, people do it and people love it because there's an awful lot of lonely people out there. Robbie, you've got to remember that, <laughs> especially during this pandemic, people are really desperate for attention. I, I mean, we're all sitting here looking at our phones. You get in a long line at the movie theater, wherever you're at, we're looking at our phones. We're not looking at the person next to us and saying, hi, how you doing? You know, or no, we're not talking to each other. We're not communicating like we used to. We're just this world, especially here. Well, I don't know if it's just America, but uh, it's just this world where we're not communicating. People are lonely. They're isolated. We're living longer, but we're not living 
healthier, happier, yeah. you know, happier lives with large communities. And Americans don't seem to be necessarily having a lot of children. So we don't have a lot of, um, you know, connection. Our kids are growing up, moving away to, you know, across the country from us sometimes. And people are really vulnerable. And so they want somebody to, to touch them or to focus on them, to really spend some time and a lot of these uh, alternative medicine people will will sit down with a client. I mean, they've got a lot more time on their hands than, you know, a regular uh, licensed medical practitioner where they will sit and say, OK, so tell me what's been going on in your life. How are you sleeping? What are you eating? Are you getting enough exercise? How's your dog? How's your cat? You know, they're really getting personal with these people and they develop a whole relationship with them so i can totally understand why people would would want to go see a reiki healer or a naturopath or or whatever because you're it's almost like you're paying them for um you know attention and i get it totally get it and it's a societal thing it's not the it's societal it's not necessarily the problem with uh regulatory where we can we can will this away by making laws and the same thing with psychics they they want to have somebody that will listen to them and not you know it's when you go meet a friend for a drink or something where you're going back and forth about what's going on in your life you might not ever get a chance to say what's going on in your life but a psychic's going to listen to everything they're going to take notes when they're done <laughs> they're going to use that against you later by hey you know i had this dream about your you know, that uh, ex-boyfriend you had years ago that you said that you felt bad about because he got away. Well, you know what? I think he's really trying to get in touch with you from the other side now. I mean, come on. That's a cheap shot. Well, they do it. I, I, they, they don't have a conscience. I, I mean, I'm, right. I'm understanding more now why you choose to pursue the psychic thing. Because I mean, now that you kind of put it in that way, it's it's hard. But I feel Horrible. like I had an episode with a lady that was she she brought the ghost of JFK, brought the ghost of Walt Disney. Brought the go now look a lot of people message me over that episode like you really believe that now you can see in the episode obviously my face is trying not to crack the biggest smile it's ever had but at the same time what i kind of brought it to the point was that throughout her life she probably felt a little bit different felt like something was a little bit off and people probably told her that she was special or some aspect but then she goes to like explaining a grand canyon visit and talking to a native american person now this could have all been a scheme as well too saying oh there is a secret power about you someone tells you that when you're already thinking it, it's already pushing you over the cliff of like i'm going to start pursuing this path and that's what i feel like a, a lot of times gets built up with a lot of people it might start off with doing it for free but then your friend convinces you that you're good or maybe you come across some gypsy teller that tells you hey, you are amazing at this. And then you jump towards it. Now that leads into a whole other thing, because I think people want to feel special. People want to feel different. And that's mm -hmm. a very toxic trait, I would mm -hmm. say. Like, I would tell you, everyone's better than me only because I have a huge ego issue. So as soon as you start stroking it, we're in an issue. Um, <laughs> but I really think that a lot of people really just want to feel like they're that next rapper they're that next spotlight they're that next thing and that's kind of where you see this climate fighting where now this community i wouldn't say even the psychic community i would say any community of content creation or any type of community out there business aspect wise whatever is more cutthroat than it is and it's sad because it's more personal like if me and you talking, for instance, if we were in a business, the same thing rivaling each other, if it's more cutthroat, it's more personal because we know we can see each other. We can we're, we're, we're right next to each other or whatever. 
that's more than a Walmart corporation going against Chick-fil-A or a Chick-fil-A going against a McDonald's or a McDonald's going against a Burger King because they have so many locations. There's no personal contact. It's like messaging on Twitter. I can't see your face. I don't know what you mean. The empathy is gone. I believe you can sense empathy. I mean, I think through a thousand something episodes, I prove I know where to take a flow of a conversation all because you get a vibe for the person that you're talking to, whether you like, I can tell if I say something that's would be like, yes, I do believe in healing rocks. I believe you could place healing rocks on there. I could see you immediately know that I'm joking, but at the same time, I would sense if it, if it was a pullback, you know what I mean? And I feel like you get that from just talking to people, you pick up a vibe, you learn how a conversation goes, but then there's that like weird thing I usually bring up, which is if I'm thinking about you and you're thinking about me and I send you a message and you go, I was just thinking about you. If that's a coincidence, I don't know how you label that a coincidence. I just think it's a there's- coincidence. Ah, there's got to be a frequency or no, something. No, 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 no. You also, <laughs> you remember the hits, forget the misses. That's the that's the easiest way of saying it. How many times do you think of somebody and they don't call? No, but when my ex texts me, I'm like, all right, I was just thinking about you. Why, why is that happening? Well, you probably think about your ex a lot more than you think. I do. Heartbreak. So, so there you go. So once they text you and you go, I was just thinking about you. Well, what is just thinking about you mean? I mean, it was that five minutes ago, 10 minutes ago, yesterday. Right after I got day. out of the shower. Well, <laughs> also, also, we have a pattern, especially somebody you're close to somebody, you have a rhythm of life, you, you know, I know my son's going to call me about 430, because that's his normal routine, he gets out of work, he calls me on the phone, and on his drive home, he calls me now if, if I hadn't talked to my son for ages, for some reason, which is would be strange, I would still have that feeling around 430. That's the routine that he would call me. My mom's been dead for, for years now. And I still have this moment where I am, I used to call her when I get off of work. Oh, I, I take a break and I'd walk down to the post office. I was gone maybe 15 minutes and I'd always call her at that 15 minute mark. And I always do that. So around that same time of the day, or if I'm taking a walk, doing that same kind of, you know, that same route, I always think of her. And so it's the rhythm of life. So it's not unusual for somebody to think of somebody and then they call or whatever, because we're connected to people. We know each other. We, we learn uh, intuitively how, <laughs> how it works. You know, they get out of work about this time. This is about the time they would take a break. This is a Saturday morning. They used to sleep in and they used to call, whatever. And you forget how much you think about them until they call and then it's ding your brain gives you a reward Ooh, coincidence i think not it is no so no, I wanna, no 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 I, I it's just, just the way our brains work no i, I want to test the waters here so when it comes to dms if i'm getting a message from someone saying that they can read my ancestors fortune and my ancestors are trying to contact me don't put in my credit card information yeah i think that would probably be a bad thing yeah I think I'd be bad, or unless you want to talk to them on the show. I mean, heck, I had a woman who contacted me. She said, Susan, I've, I know that if you had, because uh, we did this New York Times article that appeared in um, 2019, 2018, I can't remember, where we caught a psychic, Operation uh, Pizza Roll and Operation <laughs> Peach, Peach Pit. It was two different operations we did. So it was uh, New York Times Magazine. So this woman she said, if you had a real reading from a psychic, a real psychic, 
than you would believe and you put down your skeptic cup or whatever and I was like okay so let's do a real reading but I want to do it live over Facebook because if you're real I don't want anybody saying that I didn't you know I didn't release the whole interview or whatever I want everybody to see it in real time so she wouldn't be on camera she said she didn't do social media so I called her on the phone and put her on speakerphone and I was on the camera the whole time and it was an hour or more and it was just it's awful she had my my father no my grandfather on one side who was having popcorn with me and watching tv with me and I've never met my grandfather he died in 1930 before tvs were anything you know and then she had my grandmother then another grandmother that you know I never met her either so <laughs> she said I had problems with the, I was going to buy a new pillow did you buy a new pillow <laughs> No, I, would have I, bought a, I would have bought a new pillow after that. No, I didn't. And she, it was just ridiculous. And I have the whole video and the whole trans, uh, all, all on my website for people to read, as well as the analysis. And all these people were watching on Facebook. They're like, oh my God, this is amazing. Watch her, check her out. And it just, you could see her trying to like wiggle her way out of things. Like she said, she knew I had children because I'd mentioned it just like it just right now. And so at one point the psychic says, your grandmother is upset about the man you had children with. And I'm like, okay, well, it's a, just a weasel word because she, I didn't say I was married and she didn't know I had children. So it was her way of saying the man you had children with. She didn't say your husband, she, anything like that, but she knew I, I was not with a, she knew I wasn't married at the moment I had the reading because that had come out. So why would my grandmother be upset at my, my ex my ex well we're not together so i i'm sure there's a good reason for it you know what i mean it was just a weasel Aunt the way man. she was trying to get out of it most of these people it's they're very good at talking they're very glib it's a skill you practice it cold reading is an absolute skill and what happens is when you're getting a reading from a psychic most of the times you're not recording it most of the times there's no video you're just remembering what happened and it's emotional very emotional so you're remembering the hits forgetting the misses and you're misinterpreting what's happening because the psychic is using these using a lot of wordplay i mean i'm at a point now that when people tell me stories about whatever uh i, I say okay can i see the video or audio and if they don't have it i'm like okay that's nice it's a nice story but it means nothing because it's not real whenever you can't hear it because there's so much misinformation going on in these things it's it's incredible amount and i'll give you i'll give you one example i had a woman write to me and this is the weirdest thing because she says i'm an atheist but she had a reading from a psychic and so she was thinking that i don't get how you can be an atheist and still think that there's like life after death but okay purgatory well, she's an atheist. That means there's nothing, right? So hang on a second. Let me light this candle and channel my answer. <laughs> <laughs> she says, she says to me, she had a reading years ago and she just was totally blown away because the psychic, and we hear this phrase all the time, Robbie, all the time. There's no way the psychic could have known. Well, I'm here to tell you there's many ways the psychic could have known. There's maybe a thousand ways the psychic could have known. But anyway. I wrote an article on that too. And I, I talk about how, how easy it is to find it. Look, you know, you're looking right at me. Look at my background. 
you can see things around me. You can see the shirt I'm wearing. You can hear my age and my, you know, you can see me. You can listen to my voice, my accent, my uh, level of education. You can pick all that up just from talking to me for over Zoom for a few minutes. Yeah, There's cues you're, all around me. You're in your like, so, you're in your 30s. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah, 30s. No, oh, yeah. 15. I'm a, I'm a channeler, not a carny. I can't <laughs> guess those things. <laughs> but this woman contacted me and she says, you know, she had this accurate reading and she was freaked out by it. And I said, well, how long ago was this? She goes, well, a long while. And I said, well, if you thought it was so accurate, why did you never go back to that psychic? I mean, why did you, if it was so great it, uh, to me, if I had, if I had contact with the dead, hell yeah, I probably would never leave their, their room or I'd be booked every day. I sure as hell want to talk to the dead, but she says, um, she says, I have a cassette. That's how long ago it had been. I said, you have a cassette of the reading? She goes, yeah. So she trans, she put it into MP3 format and she writes back to me and she says, I haven't listened to this in ages. And now that I'm listening to it, I realize how ridiculous it was and how wrong it was, but she had remembered it. She'd remembered it clearly as all these hits. But when she listens to it, like 15, 20 years later, she's like, there was, that was really bad. She, I said, well, let me listen to it anyway. So she gave me the audio. And I got through about the first 10 minutes and I'm transcribing it, making notes as I go. It was the most ridiculous stuff. And I said, you were in the room with this psychic at the time, weren't you? And she says, yeah. I said, well, you know, he's, he's looking at you. He can see you. He can all, all the, you're kind of like tunnel vision. Well, it was just, you could tell, you know, she's like, oh, he knew I was from the Southwest and he knew you could tell from her voice that she was a person from that kind of era you know that area and i'm sure she was the type that had like all this uh, turquoise jewelry and you know the the southwest kind of look yeah. you know i could just tell and i'm going well that's not much of a guess and i'm sure her skin was really dark you know suntanned from the from the the, the sun you know being i'm below the, the mason dixon line i know how it goes well, she was saying that there was no way he could have known that she was from this area where it was very hot and dry, like Arizona, New Mexico. And I'm like, well, I kind of picked that up on your just, you know, listening to your talk and stuff. But she was just totally believed. She totally believed that there was no way. And then when she when I went back and I showed her what I had, the notes I'd made, she's like, oh, I feel really stupid now. And okay. I'm like, well, don't feel stupid. It's a skill that they have and you don't. And you're not listening to the tape over and over. So, of course, you don't hear it. Very important, important question. Um, are you looking at it like you're going to, instead of taking out the weeds out of the driveway, you got to find the base root of the thing, which would be to expose the psychic. So then anybody that they gave a fortune to, you can show that they were believing in something. Because it, it seems like trying to convince someone who just got a fortune has got to be a very delicate situation. Let's say a person's like, I got to talk to whoever. It's going to be very difficult to be like, you didn't talk to it. No, you, what you did was, is that this person tricked you. They're going to, they're going to get mad at you, but it would be easier to just expose the psychic. Like your psychic was a fraud. So probably anything that they gave you, you could toss it. Are you writing that down? Was that good? That was good. I see it in your <laughs> eyes. It lit up. It was like, this no, is, it. this no. is great stuff. Sorry. It was good. But the thing is, you, I mean, you hit on it, but that's not what we do. I don't do that. I, I almost never talk to believers. Uh, the believers come to me and say, I read some of your articles and now I'm just devastated because I realized that I was taken. 
And I realized that um, the psychic read off my Facebook page. And I didn't realize it before. I had one woman write to me and, she, and I watched her in real time because we were on a Zoom call with he, the psychic was doing uh, uh, readings to this whole room. And we watched, we saw her because I have a team of people who will do this. We, we could see the reading and she's bawling and she's crying and she's it's during the pandemic which has really been bad for a lot of people. And she was just devastated. She goes, my, my husband's here, my son's here, and my dad was there. And oh, she's crying and crying and crying. And my team is watching this and we're able to Google her in real time. We could see her Facebook page. We're going, oh, well, there, there's all the information right there on her Facebook page. And she's bawling. And she starts talking about to the psychic and you know the rest of the room, she says, I was having trouble getting into the Zoom call. So I reached out to the assistant for the psychic and, and told him how desperate I was to get in touch because it was Christmas time and I was so sad and blah, blah, blah. And then she enters the room and she says, I can't believe it. I got a reading almost 15 minutes into the reading. It was amazing because there's like 300 people on the call and only like 10 people are going to get a reading. And it was like, well, duh, you know, you enter the room and and you looked emotional and you were desperate and they put you to the front of the line. Somebody did a Facebook search on you and fed you all this information. So anyway, we could see this happening, but we said nothing. We, we never say anything. We're just there and they don't know we're there. And then a week or two later, I had, um, you know, I've written lots of articles about this one psychic. His name is Thomas John. And so the seatbelt psychic, by the way. Why seatbelt? We'd has a TV program called the Seatbelt Psychic. Why do they always have TV programs? I don't trust anything with. Well, them. they're only there for one, 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 uh, one season. <laughs> then he had I, another I, Thomas John experience. He had a Caesars show at uh, Vegas until the pandemic. Oh yeah, I've written about him a bunch of times. But so <laughs> let me finish the story with this woman. She um, she writes to me, and she says it's taking me days to write to you because I've been crying so much because. I Googled him. She says, I Googled the psychic because I was really curious about how much things cost and how much money he was making. And she Googled and I came across one of your articles and she says, and I realized he just read off my Facebook page and she was just devastated. And we talked for a long time, several days over email and she was floored and um, she realized what happened. She didn't give up her belief in psychics. We also hear this all the time. Okay, that psychic's a fraud, but not the other psychic, because they're not willing to give up on this belief. They're raised on it. I mean, if you're religious and you believe in a life after death, you believe in this. This is this is just a step away. I mean, there's not much difference between a person who says they're a prophet and a person who says they can speak to the dead. So it's, you know, it's all, there's, there's not much of a, the line is blurry between the two. But anyway, so as I was saying, we don't, we do not go to a person who's a believer, who's, who's had a reading. We wait till they come to us. My whole intention is to get the information out about these psychics and make their life miserable because they know I'm shining a light on them. I busted this one guy so many times. He, he's been reading. I, I don't know if you read Operation, um, my latest was Operation Onion Ring. He's reading for five-year-olds to 12-year-olds. A group of eight kids. Is that the anti-medicine dude? No. no. Uh, he had another Thomas article Conner. about something ex-medicine. Was that skinny guy, spiky hair? He was talking to a bunch of kids. I saw one of those articles on. I think it was under the onion ring one. Well, onion ring is the one. 
he didn't have anything to do with medicine. He's, Who names he's, your projects or operations? Oh, Mark Edward does. Good. He comes up with them. We they're all um, operations something something, and they're usually food related. I want them to be easy to spell, easy to remember, and so that somebody could hear it just in passing. Operation Pizza Roll, and then they forget about it, and then later they're like, "Hey, what was that Operation Pizza Roll thing?" I didn't I know you knew him. He actually emailed me earlier this morning when we're recording this. Who, Mark Edward? Yeah. Oh yeah, he's in the other room. Put a word. He's in the other room. Okay. Well, he's. Yeah, we're- He's, tell him tell him i'm not a bad guy just throw that out <laughs> i'll tell him after yeah he, i told him i was doing it um out of the blank with you. and Pop so you. yeah yeah of course so yeah mark edward is um you got to interview mark edward how do you feel about um like because well, uh, look i get you can get a lot of hate um especially we talk about like the, the believer thing for instance like that's got to be hard on you because you're not trying to like I mean, well, you are kind of being like, hey, it's this was this person's a fraud or something like that. But then the anger can kind of get shoved out towards you because in that moment, they'll lash out at anybody. You're just the person trying to help, but also exposing a lot of these psychics as well, too. Did I'm, I'm afraid because I've heard of covens. So I'm wondering if these online skeptics or psychics, do they just get in a circle and kind of like, like <laughs> we're going to take this person down. Yeah, we sacrifice some pizza. No, <laughs> I don't get hardly any hate. I mean, I do. But I feel very, very empathetic. I'm an extremely sympathetic kind of person, and I take I take it to heart because you know I've I've seen a lot of vulnerable people in my life. I probably would have fallen for these scams. I could see I could have fallen for these scams. I was a very gullible kid, but um, yeah. So I feel really bad for them. People don't usually lash out. I mean, they sometimes you'll see them. Some of these psychics. Um, they don't want to talk about it. So if you if you expose a psychic and and somebody says, my psychic's real, blah, blah, blah. And I say, well, did they predict the pandemic? And then it's silent. And they'll say, shut up. You're just mean a hater. And then they block you. And it's like, well, that was a great conversation. Yeah, <laughs> They're not yeah. interested in having a conversation. I don't get hardly any hate from 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 people. They I'm not liked at all. And Thomas John and some of the others won't mention my name because when they've done that, um, Thomas John did give one, um, he has a lot of followers on Facebook. And so he had one time said, oh, there's this woman, she's crazy. She's a crazy cat lady. And she pretended to have a dead baby. And she did this sting trying to catch somebody. And it was just how, how awful to try to pretend you have a dead baby. And I did. I did Operation Bumblebee, my very first sting. Um, I organized all the stings. Mark names them. And it was just- That was hot. good. Hang on. Go back to what you just said. You said you're very, you did Operation Bumblebee and that was your first sting. Just, oh, yeah, I get it. Yeah. That, that was good. Good job. Yeah, thank you. Mark named that one. But that's the only one we've ever done that was not food named. Everything else we've done is always- a Bumblebee. <laughs> I guess we all know that well, kid at the sandbox <laughs> uh, operation uh, paste. No <laughs> garden paste operation, you know, a uh, glue stick. But uh, so he posted that on his Facebook page and people just went nuts. They didn't know what he was talking about, but how dare this woman, you know, investigate psychics. And she pretended she had a dead kid. Oh my gosh. Well, what it backfired on him. And he got a lot of love. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, how awful that this person was picking on you. But towards the end, you know, people were like, I think I found the article he's talking about. That's that woman named Susan Gerbic. And they started posting these, the links to my articles. And that was like, 
wait a minute, <laughs> you didn't expect that somebody would do that. And then I started getting private messages from people going, hey, I've just been kind of following him. I didn't realize that there was somebody who was actually, you know, researching him. And, and so I was getting private messages from people who were, who were spilling stuff on, you know, spilling the tea. So <laughs> it backfired because he doesn't want anybody to know my name. He doesn't want anybody to look into it. He just wants the sympathy. And he do, you wants guys, do you guys use pseudonames? Like, I feel like in that that's a dangerous thing, especially if you're messing with someone's business. I don't know. Just people are very, very, um, I would say, hyper uh, alert, I would say, when it comes to anything that affects their livelihood. Um, especially if you're a psychic and you're trying to base your whole thing off that, if you have a person, even if you're doing investigations and stuff, trying to expose them, that just seems like someone like roll up black Cadillac to your house, you know? Uh. No, we use our real names and, uh, well, we use our fake, we use fake names. If we're going to go attend, we're, we're, we, we go under a fake, we double blind the sting. So when we go in, um, and we did an operation pizza roll, we went in as Mark and Susan, Susanna Wilson, and I'd never heard of this guy, Thomas John, before we did this. And what we did is, so I had a group of people who wrote Facebook pages for us, and they put false information on them. And so when I attended and Mark attended the show, we didn't know it was on the Facebook pages. Other than the very basics, I knew I had a brother who had died, who was my twin brother. He died of pancreatic cancer, and his name was... Andy, I think. I can't remember now. And Mark knew that he had his father had died of heart conditions. And that now that Mark is starting to get to the age this, that his father died at, he's starting to worry about his heart. So when we went to the sit in the audience under these fake names, we'd never seen the Facebook pages. We didn't know what was on them other than that just little bit I gave you. And so when Thomas John got up on stage and said, I'm I think I'm in contact with a brother a, who wants to be in contact with his twin sister. And I raised my hand and they brought the microphone to me. I said, that's me. And he says, oh, because he's telling me something about his stomach, something, I think it's cancer, pancreatic cancer. And I'm like, yes, it is. And I start to cry. Well, pretend to cry. And I've got Kleenex and I'm wiping my eyes. And he says, and I think he gave the guy's name. I have all the audio. So it's all on my website, all the audio is there. So everything could be investigated. And then he went on and he just started talking about a dog. No, he started talking about Buddy. And I said, isn't that, that's my brother's nickname. And he's like, your brother's nickname is Buddy. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I didn't know who Buddy was. And something about Maria, something about Michigan, all sorts of stuff. I had no idea. Then he goes to Mark and he's like, Mark, you know, uh, something you, you're really worried about your heart and you had a distance, your father and you had a great distance which it serves two ways, a distance emotionally or distance in, in, you know, miles between you. And Mark's like, yes, we did. And then he's like, and I know that you, you're worried about your heart. And, and Mark's like, uh, he says, you're, you're thinking of getting tests done. And Mark says, yeah, I've already had a whole bunch of tests done. He goes, well, you know, don't worry about it. Uh, check with your doctor, but don't worry about it. Everything's going to be fine. And and we're going to, you know, and it starts talking about stuff we don't know. Mark and I are just like, uh, yeah. And then at one point, <laughs> I love this, uh, Thomas John starts talking about who smoked and was a smoker, smoker, smoker and quit. And I look at Mark and Mark looks at me and I said, uh, and Mark goes, that's my brother. And I said, yeah, your brother. Yeah. And <laughs> Thomas John on stage says, no, it's not your brother. It's the twins brother, her brother. I don't know what's on the Facebook pages. 
So I said, oh yeah, my brother, he quit smoking too. So after the fact, the event's over, we don't ever reveal ourselves at the event because it's harmful to the people who are there. I mean, you're only, it's, it's, they're going to, yeah. it, it's not going to work. So when we leave, when it's over, the reading's over, I text the team who's in charge of the Facebook pages. And I say, what, who was Buddy? And they said, oh, that was your dog. I'm like, oh, I claimed it, it was my brother and his nickname and who quit smoking? And they're like, I have no idea. Nobody knew. So after the fact, see, these are Facebook pages. We've used them over and over and just wipe out all the information and put new information up. But somebody realized that a long time before somebody had put up one of those life events, quit smoking on my twin brother's page. And my twin brother was a fictitious person. He wasn't even real. I don't have a twin brother. I don't have a brother who's died. That you it was know just of. a fictitious. No, yeah, I know, I know. And it was like, well, especially who would have lived long enough to be have pancreatic cancer and quit smoking. Yeah, no, I that's know such that. like a base cancer where it's like you don't it's not too, too much to raise alertness, but it's also just enough to where like just nobody's going to really want to care to ask questions. Well, you play you play the odds. Nobody you know? knows what a pancreas is. <laughs> I guess it's in this area. Yeah, exactly. Pointing to. But it's just it's so we double blind our stings. So the person who's attending does not know what's on the information, so uh, on the on whatever information we gave, and we do that intentionally so that the psychic can't come back later and say, "Well, I was reading your mind." And with Operation Onion, no, Onion Ring, yeah, the one that just happened in April. Oh, what is this? Almost March now. So it's almost been a year where he was reading the children. We had a fake. We we sent an email. There's only eight people on the on the. In the event, I don't want to tell your listeners what happens. You'll have to listen to the video because there's a couple twists. But I sent an email to Thomas John with very little information and then sent somebody in with $400 to attend on Zoom. He read the, he read the email back to them, basically, just changed some verbiage in there. He's like, oh, and the person who attended doesn't know. They don't know what's on the email. So you know you know when i'm reading their facebook pages back to them or their email or obituaries i've seen them use people's obituaries or even have an earpiece in your ear and have someone reading it well, somebody you. in the back is doing it oh, of course i mean I, uh, I don't have any evidence of that but i've heard people say that's what's going on but you don't have to even do it that way but it's if you're doing a live show like when we did operation pizza roll he was on stage he never moved for two hours he just stood there so either he's got a great memory or something because he never touched anything we even watched him pick up a water bottle and mark edwards he's a mentalist he's he's a magician he's like oh i bet there's notes on that water bottle you know written small and we thought no he's not no he, he didn't do that there's do no you, way he did it unless he memorized it or he had a wire how do you feel about born again people born again like potatoes mm. no no like the, the water revival type thing where they dump them underwater and said, you've been healed by the Lord and pulling back up. Sometimes I'm counting. I'm like, that's been 30 seconds, man. Let him up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, you know, it's, I was, it's, I was raised, a, I was raised a Christian and I'm an atheist now and more power to them. If that's what they want. I just think that they're vulnerable. Some people need that. They need, some people need to go into the military. They like that lifestyle of structure and people telling you what to do and, and so on. So if that's what you need, but I think they're more likely to be preyed upon. And I mean that in the other meaning of the word prey. 
So I think you get to be vulnerable, but some people have extremely happy lives. They live wonderful, happy lives, fulfilling lives with the people they love and have wonderful children and go to football games and, and graduations and their daughter gets married and, and they, and they're totally happy and that's fine if that's what they want. I just think I'd like them to be able to go into it knowing that there are other, you know, they have other choices they could have made. I guess, I guess they know. I don't, I don't have a problem with porn again or, or religious people at all. I find it's all, it's all, there's so much religion, whether it's religion or not, it's kind of like a, a belief structure. You know, I tend to believe my cats love me, but I have no evidence of that. Sam Kinison was a Pentecostal preacher who did those healings and ceremonies and he was a famous comedian. You don't know who Sam Kinison is? I'll have to look him up. Oh my God, you're going to laugh. He was like back in like George Carlin's day. So oh, I know who that is. Okay. But the, you know, it's, it's, um, it's a gimmick. You know, it's like uh, hypnosis. That was probably the last thing that I ever, um, you know, that. Wait, hypnosis is BS? <laughs> yeah. What about people that stop smoking? Are this being insinuated? Well, it's it's you have to want to stop smoking. I mean, you have to really want it, to, and it's it's something you use. But yeah, of course, it's meditative, like you know, I, your mindfulness or whatever you mean by that. But the, I'm talking about the stage mentalist, a stage hypnotist. I was about to say, I get it if someone's hypnotizing me to say like they can't give me superpowers or I would be flying around the world right now because I right, yeah, that yeah. stage mentalism, stage hypnotism is is a gimmick. I mean, you Chris Angel. Yeah, what about him? Real or real? Real or not? I gave you two well, options, real or real. Hang James on, real. Randy, right here behind me. See, there's James Randy's little yes. thing. He was a good friend of Mark and mine, and he named Christine, Chris Angel. He gave him the name. It's all, yeah, he's a, he's a magician. There's no magic there. Okay. Why would, why would you think there was magic when there's a, a dozen cameras, you know, <laughs> and it's carefully edited? Jennifer Love show. Hewitt, verified. Who? Jennifer Love Hewitt, Ghost Whisperer, verified. Uh, I never saw it, so I can't. I don't know, there, but I think impartial. it's probably a TV show or movie, and it's like it is whatever. Yeah. It was I mean, the joke on, I had now. in the beginning when you were mentioning uh, it was a uh, program on the television. I was like, that's always what these things are. There's that one in Ghost Whisperer. I only watched Ghost Whisperer because she was attractive. Thought, yeah, I never saw. I've never seen it. But then again, I'm not. You know, if you're into that, that's fine. But I'm not. So, no, I'm more of a. I'm a, more of an Agatha Christie fan. I I'm definitely into Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> hundred percent. Um, what would you say, I guess, on top of like doing the operations, like what's the most difficult part for you? Like emotionally and then kind of, I not even emotionally really mentally and then kind of physically as well. So I'm guessing the physically part would be going to these events and then trying to put on an act because you just described to me what would be like a undercover boss type scenario, which is what? bravo for you. I will fly out to where you are at so we can do that together. I would love to go on one of these things. We've done a few. It's, it's, it's difficult. My very first one, Operation Bumblebee, we went in person. I had several people volunteer and that we went and we had fake Facebook profiles and so on. It was, he was also a ghost hunter type person and he's still on TV. He's back in, he did psychic kids. It was a TV show. And, um, you know, we got, we paid for the VIP tickets and so on. We were supposed to stay late, but after he did readings for the three of us that were there, I, I was like, we got to go. I cannot put up with this man, not a minute longer. It was just nauseating. Just the things he was telling people so obvious, but physically no we don't really attend a lot anymore well I certainly can't Susan Gerpik is a little too well known and so physically no 
the the hardest part, the very hardest part that we're dealing with is that we've got these terrific stings. We've busted these people multiple times. There is no way that they're doing that, that they can squeeze out of the stuff. I've got audio, I've got video, I've got screenshots, I've got all kinds of stuff. We know exactly what they're doing and they know it too. But some of these psychics, well, like Thomas John, he has a criminal record. So he doesn't want anything. He's not gonna, he's not gonna sue or anything that's gonna possibly um bring any light to him because you know he's gonna just get blowback. It'll be the Streisand effect. But so the hardest thing we deal with is the media is that I'll put out a, a, you know, a sting busting this guy royally. I've shown how his show Seatbelt Psychic is a fraud, how he's, we looked, we, we watched his videos, his video clips, and we look through the window behind him and behind the subject in the backseat of the car. And he's, you know, reading, reading, uh, saying he's getting their uh, dead members, people talking to him. We can see that he's in a loop. Is This show is supposed to be a ride share, like he's picking people up. Mm-hmm. And we can see it's a loop because we can see the same things in the background through the windows. He's picking them up at the same location and he's driving past the same things. We can see that. I, the article I did was called Right Turns Only because he's only making right turns. He's in the closest lane to the, to the curb probably because for insurance reasons. And I talked to somebody who was in the backseat, who was one of the people who was on the show. And that person told me that they filled out application before. They didn't know what was going on. They thought they were going to go to a talk show. When they showed up at the venue where, where the event was, they had to sign more papers. And there was people, other people waiting. And it was all professional. And, he, and on the dot, the car sh- drives up at the curb. He walks out to the car. It's full of cameras. Even as he's walking up, there's cameras on the outside of the car filming him walking up. You sit down in the back seat. You put your seatbelt on. There's a camera staring right at you. There's a camera on the dashboard. There's camera to the left. There's all these cameras all over the car. You can't know you're not on a TV show. You don't ever think you're on a ride share. And the guy in the front seat who's driving, Thomas John, never says, oh, are you Joe Schmo? And I'm supposed to be dropping you off at the airport? No, he never says that. He doesn't put anything into the computer, like, you know, on an iPhone. It's nothing like a ride share. But when they edit it, it looks just like a ride share. And it looks like he's taking these people, you know, it's so carefully edited. It'll look like they, they're on the way to the airport or wherever, but they never have luggage. They never have anything on. Um, when you're an extra or when you're going to be on a show for like a TV show or something like that, you're instructed that you don't wear anything with logos, no baseball caps with a so team name. Yeah, of course, copyright. So they're not going to, so they're all wearing like what you have on right now, just neutral clothing. Like I have something that has a print on it. So there's nothing, I mean, they wouldn't even have, be able to wear a Nike all, design. I am wearing my sponsor's shirt. <laughs> what is it? Oh, there you go. Only forearms. Only forums. Well, see, you wouldn't be able to be in the back of the car. You'd have to cover up like that. And so we know that they never have luggage. They're always just a little too well dressed, a little too, you know, the hair is done, the makeup's done, the nails are done. They, you know, it's just, I'm worrying. But people don't think about it. They don't think about it. They watch the show. I see these comments over and over. So of people saying, oh my gosh, it's real. My point was, I'm sorry, I get off on the tangent because I love talking. I love it. 
is that you definitely warmed up to me through our chat. The beginning was like serious. And then we just went, now you can see my cat behind me. He's moving around. So the thing that the hardest thing is, is this guy gets a show. Okay. Now he had seatbelt psychic before we busted him in the New York times magazine, but he got another show right after it called the Thomas John experience. Same thing. It was, it was seatbelt psychic, except sometimes he gets out of the car. He goes and talks to him in places, you know, he meets people and, and talks to him. He's already done hot readings on him. We already know that. And then he did, he got a show in Vegas, in Vegas. He got the Cleopatra room at, at Caesars for a couple months. And we followed him. Like we- Caesars? Caesars Palace. Circus, circus is where it's at. <laughs> yeah, but he was at Caesars. And he, we've sent teams of people in and they recorded the whole session. They, they, we watched his Ticketmaster sales. We could see where people were sitting. We saw that there was always this, I mean, even months in advance, the same seats were always reserved, never available. We saw, you know, we recorded it. My team went in, different people went, Las Vegas skeptics, they went in. They would go in and talk to people uh, that were there. You know, they go in early and sit at the bar and talk to people who were going to be attending. They talked to people afterwards. They talked to his friends. They hung out with, you know, they were just infiltrating the whole thing. We know exactly what was going on. But that's the problem is that the media will not take it seriously. The New York Times is a fluke. We can't get media to really take this serious. They don't. And the police, you know, people should know better. They should know better. We're not going to do anything. I mean, it's just entertainment is what they say. Well, if you it's lose, not entertainment. If you lose money as much as you can personally, so it becomes an issue because the only time you really ever get in legal troubles if it's like in the cause of life or death. Like Elizabeth Holmes, the lady who did the CRISPR or Theranos. whatever, whatever the, the, Theranos. the yeah, Theranos thing. That only became an issue because people were like, oh, you were told that you lost your baby uh, in your pregnancy. It was a miscarriage and they actually didn't lose their baby. And then people were making life decisions like, oh, you had cancer. and They didn't have cancer. That was really messed up. And it actually made life and death decisions. But someone getting a reading, talking to their, you know, whoever, it's just not it's not incentivized enough to go after. Honestly, I think you should have your own show. I don't know how you haven't pitched this to like the <laughs> sci-fi network. I mean, well, people, you know, I was just going to tell you reaction thing, man. Oh, it's awful. Let me tell you, I, I have another email from another production company in the UK. I get these all the time. And when the New York Times article came out, I was swamped with people. Oh my gosh, your story is amazing. We got to do a show. We got to do a show. And then you talk to them and they, they've done a little research. They kind of understand it. But the thing is, is they don't get it. They're, Oh, there's a there's a there's a psychic buster out there. His name is Bob Nygar, N-Y-G-A-A-R-D. He's a friend of mine. He is a private eye who specializes in psychic scams and he busts people and he makes millions of dollars. You know, people who have been frauded, defrauded in millions of dollars. The thing is, is he can't get the police to take it seriously. Not at all. He goes in and he tells them, look, this person has just been busted. You know, I, I know I've got film, you know, and all this. And they're like, well, she should have known better. He says he spends more of his time trying to get the um, police to take it seriously. He has to actually embarrass the like the district attorneys and say, you know, he'll put out on his website or his uh, Twitter account because it's big. He'll say, you know, this DA won't take this case seriously. I'll take it. So that's one of the problems. So they're not doing it. But when I get these production companies who write to me, and like I said, I've got another interview I'm setting up with this woman. 
it's going to go nowhere because what happens is they all want to do a story on me. Oh my gosh, this is the best thing. You guys are amazing. But they want to talk only about cases that have passed, like Sylvia Brown or these uh, other ones that have been busted have already had cases that have been solved because they're really worried about the litigation. They're really worried about being sued. That's one of the problems. The second problem is they all want to talk to Bob Nygar, who can find them somebody who's got like hundreds of thousands of dollars lost. And I keep making the point to people when I talk to these people, um, the, um, these production companies who all want a piece of me, right? I tell them that there are people who are being taken advantage of for $75. And you know what? That $75 means a hell of a lot to somebody who can't Life keep and death. They're, they're, they Are am I paying for my prescription medication this month or am I going to get the psychic reading? That's a lot of money to some of these people. Plus the grief of being taken advantage of to be fooled. Like the woman I was telling you about who, um, who had a, a reading and she just lost it because she was just, oh my gosh, this is the best Christmas ever. And then for days she was crying about it. And then even like a month or two later, I talked to her. She says, I don't even think I could talk about this again. I can't believe that I was so taken advantage of. And she's, it's your, when you get to be older, you got a long ways to go, Robbie. I'm 46. To, oh my gosh, you're next to me. Let me get your, let me get your walker out for you. <laughs> <laughs> you look a lot younger, but when, when you were older in your seventies and eighties, and I know this cause I've taken care of my mother and who was 85 and she had to move into my home. You're always looking for when do we take the keys away? When do we have to start going to the doctor visit? With I lost my grandma in March. So we had to do that. Oh, it's, oh, I'm so sorry, but that's exactly what it is. It's just you as, as a loving, caring person who's taking care of them, you're always going is this the moment when I have to have that talk with them about, you know, maybe they're starting to, it's, 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 it's awful to be the caregiver and to be the person who's being taken advantage of when you are defrauded like that, you say to yourself, my kids are going to take my car keys away from me. Now my kids are going to, my grandkids are going to take away my checking account from me. My, you know, I'm going to lose even more. I'm going to have to move into a home. My kids are going to tell me that I'm not you know, and that's right. It's going through your brain, you know, whether it's true or not, people who are getting closer to feeling like that time is encroaching on them is that they say, you know, my, my kids are, are going to think I'm a fool and how are they going to respect me again? And we've heard this from people who are professors who have been defrauded, lawyers, people who are other, who should know better, you would think, you know, they're highly educated, have a lot of wealth, or both, or either. And they say, how could I possibly look my coworkers in the eye again, when they know that they've just given $100,000 to a psychic, and they just were reading my Facebook page. It's a horrible feeling. So I keep telling these production companies, I want to talk about the harm this does, not to the person who's lost a million dollars, not to the person who's lost a hundred thousand, but to that woman who lost 75 bucks. And now her peace of mind is absolutely ruined. It's the feeling of whenever somebody comes into your house and steals something, they break into the window. It's not what they took. It's not the item that was taken from your house. It's a sense of losing that feeling of security 
the feeling that you thought you could trust others and you can't now, the feeling that you thought you could leave your window open, you thought, and then now you know you can't, that this is a horrible, awful world out there, and that these people are waiting to prey on you if they get a chance. People you thought you trusted, people you thought were nice to you, and you thought, I could tell a fraud from somebody else. I, they're just being nice. No, they're looking for an in, and you were their victim. And that's what it is. And I want to show about that. And they also, oh, we totally get it. But can you give me Bob Nygar's number? Because we want to see if we can find, it's like, you know, I'm so sick of this. Or the TV shows are all, let's tell both sides of the story. Mark and I have agreed. There's no two sides of the story. We're not telling two sides of any story. You tell, you, you want to have a psychic on? More power to you. We're not going to have anything to do with it. You psychics have had a full run on this for years. All these con people give me a break. They're out to harm. They're out to victimize. Whether they internally think that they're actually helping, bullshit. I don't know if I can say bullshit on your show, but I, I, I think I've dropped the F word already. Oh, have you? I didn't yeah. notice. It. We it's don't do something. censorship here. It's just say <laughs> well, what that's comes the thing. to mind. You know, it's there. It's so sad. It is. And, and people aren't getting that. And I don't know if it's because the people I'm always talking to are younger and they don't have situations it. like you had with your grandmother where you well, know look, i get upset when after my, i put my grandmom in her final resting place like i picked her up moved her because she had shut down by the time i got there and then i put her in her hospital bed that we had inside her house because she didn't she wanted to die in her home and that's what she did she died in her home um she's a very private woman martini drinking gal raised in those times and um not even a week or two later my mom's cleaning out her house and there's a card on the thing for me and apparently she this was like years ago when i graduated college she thought she mailed it she didn't so i got a card and it says forever my love always nana xo or xxxoo now that broke me down hard and it's oh, still yeah. I, i'm tearing up even thinking about it um cuz yeah. it it's like it, it's like losing a parent in a sense but then hearing someone in my family whose mother just passed away which is my grandma saying you know, that's a sign of her, a message from heaven. Now, I'm not going to say a damn word about anything that comes that even though I'm not religious at all, I'm going to let her have that and just me think what I'm going to right. think. But in a sense, like, that's where I I'm at, like, I don't believe in a whole bunch of an afterlife type thing. I think more like where energy and it kind of just dissipates away, in a sense. Um, but when it's something like that, like I get it. And that's when I start to get upset when you the way you describe, like, for instance, seeing these psychics take advantage of people that's hard stuff because if someone did what that to me i'm i would be in a state where i wouldn't know what to do and what to say i would believe it and i would feel touched now if that helps me get to the next day but you can't incentivize that because it always leads to money then people are losing lots of money i mean you mentioned the person that was an ex-criminal that's it that's a ponzi scheme that you're getting into yeah. now and that's kind of like i can probably see a lot of these people could be ex-criminals i mean it's a quick way to make cash you don't mm -hmm. really care about people's feelings that much it's a really a self or disregard for the actual emotional connection that people have with their loved ones in a sense and it, it, it just gets weirder when you get down this rabbit hole of the people that actually believe that they have this type of thing. Like I, like I said, there's things I've been able to do that I can't explain, but I'm not reading anybody's fortune and I don't want to read anybody's fortune, but I've had, you got to go back to my back catalog. I've had um, tarot card read twice on here. The, now, one of them, the guy got every, there's seven things he got right and nine things, or there were nine things total and two things left to happen. I don't know about that, but I don't <laughs> Until know. Until you have Mark Edward on, he'll read your tarot. He's I, very good at he, it. Does he really? 
Of course. Oh my God. Yes, please. He's, he was a, he was on the Psychic Friend Network for years and he's a, he does tarot. He'll still do it. We just did a local bookshop the other day. He was reading people's tarot. It's a, it's a skill. He told it's me. Art. Talk. Well, the, the guy, um, the tarot card here, he was doing it for free. He's a friend of mine. He's been on, his wife's been on the show too, but he was reading it and he was like, you meet the love of your life. And I was like, oh my God, awesome. And he was like, but you guys break up. And I was like, why would I break up? And she's the love of my life. He goes, because she's a white supremacist. I'm like, that'll do it. That'll do it. <laughs> that'll do it. It's just talk. It's glib. And, you know, I started to tear up a little bit when I was hearing you talk. That's really sad. And it's just, that's how it is. These poor people at a vulnerable moment in your life, almost all of us are, are, are able to fall for this. And we, going back to the, what you first said about feeling special, there doesn't have to be any money in it because a lot of these people feel special they feel like they're giving back to their community their family and and they're they're treated with reverence right so even if they never take a dollar from somebody they're given priority they're a person of seniority in their neighborhood and their community or whatever it is and they feel special now going back to operation onion ring with the kids there was two there was one of the things that thomas john hyped on this was that he was going to talk to the kids about he was talking to their dead family members right but he made it sound like what it was doing was it was it was the the children mediumship for the children for them to become mediums you know that kind of thing you know i think you have potential to be a cult of cookie peddlers they're all going to the girl scouts (laughs) well one little girl she was 12 i it was awful and i and i write about this in the article operation onion ring that how much I wanted to just reach out and hug her because she, and actually another little boy too, they had, you could tell that they felt special because they used to be able to be in touch with their, their grandmother, their family members. They were having dreams. Oh, and they were getting signs from heaven, pennies. They'd find a penny with a year on it, or they'd hear music. And there was a sign from, from, from the dead person. It's like, that's the oldest trick in the book if you were to look in the book for our psychic readings or how to be a psychic that's like the first thing are you getting coins it's like yeah i get coins i find them all the time and you pick them up you look at the year on it oh that's the year that grandma graduated from high school so she was trying to give me a break any year has a relevance to you if you try hard enough but anyway these kids they were losing their specialness and you could tell that it was it was i can't show you the video because i have a private but i have the video of all the reading and i have a transcript of all the reading and i have some of the audio that i can release only in certain cases but uh, because privacy right but these kids they're obviously growing up and moving on with their lives they're they're forgetting about their dead family members. They're forgetting about the dreams they had. They're forgetting about these things. They're moving on, but the parents won't let them do it. They're like, don't you remember how you used to kind And they're like, yes. And they start to cry. They're no longer special. But whenever you say you're having dreams about your grandmother, you're having dreams about your next door neighbor who died when you were, you know, you're special and now you're not. And that's a horrible feeling because these parents push it. You know, you could see them on this video. They're like, oh, my, my, my son wants to tell you about the time he saw a dark shadow at the door and, and it was a bad feeling and all this. It's like, really? The kid's like six. How does he remember that? It was back when his mother died three years ago. 
So you mean when he was three? I mean, and you're still pushing the story. You're st- hey, tell the nice psychic that you that you saw a dead person once that you that you that you had a dream about your mommy. Really? And that's what they're doing. And he's charging them four hundred dollars a pot. And he's giving them a ten minute reading. And I, I know pay this. any amount of money to the person that can speak to OJ's wife or whoever he killed, and just get the facts straight. Uh, well, there's a whole room of people out there who's already been there and done that. Mark w- might tell you about the time when Michael Jackson died and he had two psychics write to him. And they're like, I'm the only person who can talk to Michael Jackson. The other That's like, what no, the psychic on my her. show did. She talked to Michael Jackson on my show. She also talked oh, to JFK, is, Walt Disney and Mr. Bullshit. Rogers, because I think Mr. Rogers is hiding something. <laughs> Nobody's that Such nice. bullshit. And, you know, you think about it. God damn it. You know, these people have a, have, should deserve a little peace and not have to have their lives pulled in it. Can you imagine being the family member of these people, JFK's family or, or, uh, you know, um, Nicole Brown, Simpson, all this. Can't we just leave it alone? Do we have to have these people constantly saying, oh, I'm getting a message from your, from, no, just let them alone. Let the family go to the grocery store and not see a tabloid of somebody saying, Oh, I remember the day, you know, how do you feel let about them move on with their lives? My God, Jesus. How, how do you feel about <laughs> Oliver Stone's documentary on JFK? It was already been debunked. Damn it. I think it's already been completely eviscerated. Didn't uh Bigliosi do a, like a 700 or a thousand they page killed, book they on killed it? JFK. It was the no, government. They yeah, they did you're funny i'm very skeptical when it comes to the government yeah i said that when i was listening to you talk to mick west i thought that was very interesting you asked him great questions but you had this thing about the government i've I've studied too much of the past history with it and i'm like i think people think from a personal standpoint you need to look from a business standpoint like i think the illuminati is real but i don't think it's what the everyone thinks about like giant like people in cloaks Uh, if they're doing that bohemian grove aside whatever but i think it's just you have a bunch of billionaires that found out how to cheat the system because sadly our system is set up that if you have money you don't really get in a whole lot of trouble and you can really do whatever you want i mean mm-hmm. bezos wanted to tear apart a bridge to get let his boat go through and build the part of bridge i just go i mean that's what technically the illuminati is it's just, it's just a bunch of people that have the same agenda and they have a same seat at the table it's not people in black yeah, cloaks we- and we have we sacrifice a goat and we drink the blood. They don't do that. Yeah. That's not what that's not what can that's not what well, they do. They're I think Nick West explained that to you quite well when he talked to you about it. I think that that answers that. And you know the Bezos thing. My son tried telling me that same thing. And I said, Well, if you actually read the articles about it, it turns out that the government was given the choice. We can either let the boat float under the river and, and under the bridge and it's out and it's not finished, or we could keep it here. And we will employ a bunch of people at at their job, and they'll be able. To I don't accept that answer. That, that's their third it's, boat. It's that true. company. That's their third boat. The company's made that doesn't fit under the bridge. Stop. They know what they're doing. They're they're, they're they don't want that bridge there. Well, you don't make don't. three boats in a row, and they tell them every time, "Hey, man, the boat is big again." What you can do is let's find a way to block some of the water and shrink it down to where the boat can go through. That's a smart idea. Or move the company to some other place where they can actually work on boats on the other side of the the river. There's other reasons. (laughs) If the point is, it doesn't have to be a conspiracy. Money talks, but the but the government says we would rather move the bridge 
then lose the jobs. We, well, we looked at this economically and we think that these people getting money for, we're going to make more money in employment than we are from the bridge. And maybe, maybe moving the bridge isn't that big a deal. Well, a million I'm, dollars, $2 million is nothing. I'm, if they're making, you know, $5 million. In, look, in I'm with conspiracies up until the point where they get, <laughs> until they get violent. When they get violent, I cut it off because I think it's nice to have a healthy skepticism. Honestly, if you don't think like the Pizzagate thing, for instance, if you don't think that there isn't some situation where kids are being trafficked, then that's 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 a different discussion. That was a overreaction, much like when you start finding rabbit holes everywhere, you start diving down every single one. I think there's a real like Epstein really alerted a lot of people to some serious stuff that's going on. I hope there's a government thing that's investigating these private islands. I think when you're a billionaire. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, what I'm saying, I don't think it's a conspiracy except by the person who's who's trafficking the kids. What about the Wuhan thing? What about it? conspiracy i got called a conspiracy theorist, and now the narrative switched to the point where they're like oh it actually possibly could have came from there i was like yeah, you don't know you ban people online for and even mentioning just, that no there's i've just read a book yes about, i just read a book from uh nina burley who was talking about she did the research on it and she she clearly says she says she talks about the wuhan thing she's not a band she's been eric weinstein had his whole page taken down I don't know who that is. That's the evolutionary biologist that was talking about how he worked on bats at one point. And and what about the Australian lady from Twitter that said she worked at the lab? And then after it came out that uh, it possibly it could come at the lab, she deleted her Twitter and nobody can find her anymore. So that's I don't know. I, I don't know much about I'm it. I'm just the saying point. think it that's is all. Well, it's true. But the thing is, is that you have to have a certain point. You need to you need to put it on pause. Because we don't know. It has just been two years. It is so soon. Yeah. These things will come out if yeah. there's something to come out. But or it turns into a 9 looking for the oh goodness gracious. The the if you're looking for something, you're gonna find it. Especially if you already have in your mind there is a conspiracy, I'm gonna find it. I found a thread, I'm gonna pull that thread until I get to the end. It's not. I think I'm better than everybody else at a healthy skepticism. I think I've proven that with all the episodes. <laughs> well, I fail all the time. I, I don't I have fail any... all the time because I am not, I don't know everything. I have to trust and I trust the people that are I that. Well, you, you got to at some point when your mechanic says he's fixed your car, you yeah, got to trust him. My, when your I, person I who know. says they love just, you, you I have just, to believe it. When your cat says, feed me. <laughs> I, look, I just had my car fixed i had it was a little how did i know that it was how a, did i know that on, i a, knew that it was a couple months back but they were like hey man like i'm surprised you made it here in this car your calipers are all messed up but i could tell because the car was like shaking it felt like a tire was going to pop off and he, i was like yeah i was like okay and he goes and your brakes like they're rubbed down to nothing and i noticed that when i would go to a stop and i was like i was like so what's going on he's like well we fixed it but it's gonna be this one's like why did you do that and he was like what i was like i just wanted to hit my brakes one time and it didn't work and then whatever happens happens he goes that's terrible and i'm like thanks <laughs> eight hundred dollars I, I have a feeling that a lot of it is legal i know that um it, it, that in some areas you can't allow a person to leave the station if they have faulty brakes they no. would be they would Don't be they would be uh sued if you got in an accident and you left and they knew that you had faulty brakes or bad tires the law stepping in again where well, you know what I, that's I don't want somebody to be on the road 
in front of me or behind me or whatever with brakes that are about to go. They have one last brake on it and they're going down a hill and I'm walking my dog along the side of the road and I try to pass in front of them. Their brakes don't work. Yeah. God forbid you my, can't my get aunt, to your Wetzel's my... pretzels because I hit the back of your car. <laughs> well, still, if, if I am able to, I will well, sue. I probably wouldn't, but I'm not the suing type, but, I, I but my, my, my children will sue the, the car garage who knew damn well that they let that car go. That's a fair point, but it's not my fault. I'd be dead. I wouldn't have to deal with it. But we could talk to you later because there are psychics who can. Who exactly. Can and, they'll, and they'll be able to go back and listen. So to stop you. hounding them. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's just such a horrible thing. But yeah, we've yeah. got all kinds of articles, Operation Lemon Meringue, Operation Okay, Bumblebee, Operation Ice Cream Cone, Operation Tater Tot, <laughs> Operation. We've done a bunch of different things. There. I gotta ask Mark why is it always food stuff? Oh, because we have. Because I want it to be something that can be remembered. I want it to be two words. Bumblebee is the only exception because we didn't know what we were doing when we did Bumblebee, and I need it to be something that doesn't have. Like if you Google Operation Onion Ring, there's no other Operation Onion Ring. There is an Operation Bumblebee. That was a mistake we made. It's a military, yeah. it has a Wikipedia page for it. It's a military operation, I think in World War II or something, or the Vietnam War, Operation Bubble. Look up Operation Vigilant Guardian. Yeah, that's a real thing. Yeah, for 9-11. Yeah. Coincidence? Well, it's just the word operation. Now, nah, they definitely got a warning that that was going to happen, whether it was in the past 10 years or so. There's so, that, it's just, so it's just fun. And I want to make sure... There's nothing like going on a news station or whatever, or a podcast like yours and saying Operation Onion Ring over and over. I mean, it makes me laugh. It's just like, this is so ridiculous. Is it is show, so stupid. It's my show. It joked you. <laughs> Operation nah, Onion nah. Ring, Operation Pizza Roll. I, I think it's funny. I think that's pretty cool names for stuff too. Plus, I've you, heard that. When, yeah. you're, when you're doing so much of this stuff too, you got to make it fun as well. Make yourself laugh. Well, it, it's, it's humorous. And it's rememberable. I'm sure people, when they listen to the show, are going to go, I can't forget Operation Ice Cream Cone. Or I want to get play. Mark on, but then I want to have you both on to do a double because I would love to I would love to talk to you again. It's been amazing talking to you. I think you're an epic person. <laughs> I'm sure going to get that TV show someday, huh? They, that's the other thing. What would I'll we do a TV you. show about? What would you do a TV show about? They're like, oh, we'll watch you do your stings. I'm like, oh, you're going to watch me type. <laughs> I want to watch Jersey and my cat Shore. comes back and forth. Hmm? Jersey Shore, but now they're all older and all they do is drink wine and complain about bills. Yeah. There's, there's, there's nothing to watch. I can't put on a sting where I could easily put on a sting again if I had a reporter with me to do it. And if I'm planning on not doing any more stings for a while until I have media here saying we're going to report on it. I'll fly because out. I mean, I need like New York Times. No, you don't. No, you don't need, need the somebody. Times, the Post. They're all lies. <laughs> I need somebody who's going to report to get out of the choir far. I have to have, I have that big coverage. Call a news it, network station. I've done that. And in Operation Onion Ring, we had NBC. Well, change like, the oh, name so they take it seriously. No, they love that part. Oh, God. And so this NBC reporter was all on it. She was all there she was ready to go i had her in everything was ready to go and then she didn't show she ghosted me do louder with crowder who steven crowder 
Sounds familiar. No, the thing is, is the political people guy. tell me you can, why don't you get in touch with, I have got tried to get in touch and people have tried to get in touch with all these people. They're not interested. You know, Mick West, get on Joe Rogan. Oh yeah. That's, that's popular. And Joe, and he has no pull of Joe Rogan anymore. That was years ago. And I don't want to be in Joe Rogan's show. He would just. I'd love to talk to Joe. Well, if he wants to talk to me, fine. Let be in touch. But he's like me. Is- he, it's it. I think after talking with so many people, I started to understand where he's coming from. Where like you've seen the evolution of it, um, a little bit more. I don't want to keep harping on Rogan because I know he's getting a lot of stuff now. But I mean, it's like for instance, I've been called saying I'm racist because all I have is white people on. No, that's not true at all. You could look through the back catalog, but no one ever looks past five episodes. And that's <laughs> the thing is that a lot of times I'm messaging Very a page or an email and then people just want to assume what they want and hear what they want and say what they want. And that's kind of the issue with the grand aspect. So I have empathy in that factor for it. But, you know, you talk to so many people, you don't ever, I never know where these conversations are going to go. You, besides the psychic thing, our next chat could be about whatever. Uh, we could just talk about food, for instance. It's just, it's random. It's fun. It's my personality in a show. Conversations with people who there have interesting histories or things to tell you. I mean, I totally get it. Joe Rogan is, you know, I was reading the New York Times article uh, by Julie Blosey. I can't think of her name now. She was a reporter who used to write for Vox. She read this, she wrote this New York Times article about um, uh, Joe Rogan and how it's a you know how it isn't really it's just a tip of the iceberg as far as misinformation and i know that as i'm reading the new york times article on my phone i'm getting ads for like alternative medicine stomach you know pumping stuff you can buy and it's like really this is everywhere you can't (laughs) joe rogan is just a blip i mean he's a big blip but misinformation is prevalent until the media stops putting on these freaking ghost hunting shows where everybody's scaring each other in the dark turn on the lights people they're like "Ooh, it's scary here Ooh, i'm getting a gear it's they i personally believe robbie i believe this 100 percent that the public is sick and tired of being lied to i am very we, we are sick of it we want some accountability so i think if they started wanting to do shows about somebody getting busted like a psychic and we busted him I think that that would be massive. I think people are more than ready for it. But I think that these Hollywood producers and the people who are putting the shows on Netflix, they don't think that we're ready for that. They think we just want to watch Garage Wars or buy the best prom dress or, or you know, hoarders or whatever. They think we still want to see that kind of stuff. And I guess it works. People are buying it. But they think we're stupid. I really think that the that the entertainment people who make these decisions think that the public is stupid. I don't think we're stupid. Yeah, I think, I think now, we're ready for this. Now you see my distrust of the government. That's the exact same train of thought. They plan us like we're idiots and we're not idiots. Well, well, it's marketing because their numbers say, let's put on storage wars or deadliest catch or whatever. I mean, I guess that was, it was interesting, but it's, it's just, and it's dangerous, but it's, it's all streaming it's services show. now. They don't watch TV anymore. Well, you know what I mean. What's on Netflix on you, uh, Peacock and and Prime and all. I that haven't turned on my there. TV in months. Oh come on, really? I'm dead serious. I canceled my Xbox subscription. I just the podcast takes up so much of my time, and then when well, I'm not doing true. that, I'm on my phone just getting guests and trying to book and get because it's hard to get guests too. So it's like, oh, yeah. 
Yeah, spending time doing. She contacted to... me yesterday. The one today. Yeah, that's why I was so. I was like, "Holy crap!" She's really responded to this. Where I was. Like, <laughs> I'm. I'm. I'm very on it. I'm. I'm, I'm retired. I'm happy. I can do these things. I can respond quickly. I'm. You should I'm be getting type. drunk out by the lake. <laughs> I don't really drink. <laughs> I don't have a lake. We have an ocean. I'm in California. Wow. I'm near the coast. I'm an ocean city, so it's like. Where is that? New Maryland. Jersey. Maryland. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Don't ever mix us up with Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an East Coast person. I was born and raised here in California, so I don't know these things. But no, seriously, I think that it's important that we get this message out. But the problem is that we're constantly talking to the choir. People read my articles. I do get contacts from people all the time. Not as much as I did whenever you know it appears in the New York Times or something. But people are constantly emailing me saying, I can't believe I fell for this. And it's, it's, it's so sad. What do you think about come? What do you think about when you were coming on this show? Were you nervous? No. Were you scared that I was going to be some type of crazy crack crackpot? I've been on paranormal shows. I'm not a paranormal me. show. I'm an out of. No, the I know, show. but it wouldn't bother me if you had come on and. Don't and, give me and, your labels. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> there, I doubt that there would be anything that you would have been able to do that would have been made me nervous. I'm not. I'm not shy at all. I'm very out going and i love people i love people you have a warm personality well thank you i love people i really do i'm a cat person so you know i'm a capricorn so you know how they go well you know how they are i'm a i'm a leo and leos are very friendly in their leadership and i have a scorpio moon and a scorpio rising sun i was into this in in high school my anxiety is going through the roof everyone i know my age is like that like oh it's because you're a capricorn i'm like what does that mean do you want a burrito or not (laughs) no it's i wasn't nervous at all and i i checked you out so i have ways and um and of course (laughs) i know west well so no the thing is is that i've been on shows that are definitely paranormal based and um i'm fine with talking to people about okay. that sure that's even the better place talk to me put me on a paranormal show okay. let's talk i'll revamp the show for you if you want no that's that's quite all right but i i'm fine with that and um, i love i would love to have you back on it's literally we've almost well, been I'm talking right for an hour and a half that's fine I, I i when i take my glasses off which i have my glasses off I'm not paying attention to time or anything. That's going I thought on. you were getting serious because I, I mentioned no, I the deja well, vu thing and it's you way whipped for me them to suckers focus. off. I was like, oh, it's she's going to snap into me. If people see me on a show and they see that I have my glasses off, then I'm totally focused on what's happening in front of me. If I have my glass, glasses on, I'm reading stuff around me or, or I have multiple screens. So I'm looking at over here, I have a screen. Over here, I have a screen. I have my screen right here. I have, you know, things written. This is a war room. I, I have everything but the clocks all over the wall that have the um, time on it. Can you catch catfishes? That, that has a show. How do you not have psychics? Okay, so Catfish is a show that Mark and I were recommended to, to watch because there was a person who we might end up doing a series with, I don't know, eventually, who is somebody we know. Mark has worked with them before that's done other shows. Bullshit. Pin and Teller Bullshit. And the con, the ABC show, the con, Mark was just on that. So we were recommended to watch uh, Catfishing. And we also, Catfish. And we also were told to watch Don't Fuck With Cats. Because there was a network that wanted me to to, um, 
actually now that I think about it, it was another one of these production companies that told me to watch these because they wanted to do a show that was similar to that to catfish and to uh, don't fuck with cats because besides the psychic stuff I do I also run a wikipedia group or a wikipedia editing team and so um can you make me a wikipedia no why am I not known it's wikipedia how do I get a check mark give me a check mark I want a check mark, but uh, they don't handing those out as much anymore. But no, Wikipedia notability is extremely, extremely difficult to prove. So um, no, I get that question all the time. But um, so what I do. <laughs> okay, so what they do <laughs> is, um, you know how this, uh, the January 6th has all these thousands of videos out there right with mm-hmm. people and there's all these volunteers who've given thousands and thousands of hours at the time looking for the people in the crowd you know they're investigating that and they're going through social media and so on so that's like catfishing a lot and it's uh it's just like don't fuck with cats so what i've been doing with the psychic world is really similar to don't fuck with cats we follow these psychics around i know what they're doing i know what's going on because i have a team of people who are who are following their lives as much as they can anything is social we've talked i just talked to uh an ex-boyfriend of thomas john recently told me what was the what was the deal (laughs) what he was like so it's kind of like what we do is don't fuck with cats except we're busting psychics but we can't get the media to be interested to do the story Hmm. maybe because lawsuits yeah there's no you can't what are you going to sue for I don't know if they're a psychic. These people followed me and they took video of my privacy, walking up to my doorstep and putting off, taking off my toga yoga or toga robe. No, they're not doing that. No, mm -mm. it's just how it is. Well, at least I give you a platform. There you go. I appreciate that. I want to, I would, I'm dead serious. It's a different audience that I'm used to talking to. So that's great. Serious on doing it again. This has been epic. Well, of course. Yeah. I'm right here. Um, I, get I don't have any more stuff. stings planned for a while. So why don't you read some of the old stings and then you can ask me a lot of questions about it because I think your audience might find those interesting. Gotta do we catch them and we put it out. Operation yeah. Horndog. Tell me about it. <laughs> no, there's no food related to <laughs> that. Okay. No. Uh-uh. Operation Onion Ring. Operation Ice Cream Cone. We we did a phone psychic. And, you have Operation uh, Silver Spoon? No, that's not food. It's a food item. You have ice cream cone. Ice cream cones aren't food. They're a tool to bring the ice cream to your mouth. Ice cream cone. Well, it was the second one we did. We weren't really thinking. There's sometimes you bite into one, it's like cardboard and it just hurts your teeth. You're like, oh. Maybe because it's cardboard. Yeah. (laughs) Where can people find you, Susan? Well, I'm most prolific on Facebook. Please friend me, send me private messages. I really am interested. Uh, and li- listening to anything that anybody has audio or video of a reading and then their take on what it is. I'm very interested in that. Um, I'm writing a book on grief vampires and um, I would love to talk to anybody who has that. So Facebook is definitely where you can get a hold of me. I'm on Twitter, but I don't really, I'm, I mean, I put out some tweets every once in a while and like but nothing major. Thank you. But Facebook is, is, um, more likely where people can get a hold of me. I think it's uh, a I nice sent you a friend request. Oh, fantastic. Through my personal. Fantastic. So you can kind of see what's going on there. I don't do, like I said, I haven't been doing stings in a while. I, well, last one was April of 2021. 
and I'm just kind of waiting for um, big media to to finally say, okay, we're ready. And I'm hearing from people all the time, but I'm just not hearing from the right people. We we're going to do a sting with um, sting? inside edition. Yeah, inside edition. I think is what it's called. You're doing a sting with sting? No. But uh, we've had TV shows that have approached us to do a sting with them. They wanted to recreate a sting or they wanted to do it again, you know, something. And it's like, no. Get Alice Cooper on. Well, Alice Cooper is a... He looks like a tarot card reader. (laughs) He was a very good friend of James Randi's also. He kind of gave James Randi his his ump in the world because James Randi and Alice Cooper used to tour and James Randi used to be the executioner that would execute uh, Alice Cooper every, every night on, on they stage. They shot him on stage? No, he, he guillotined him. Oh my God. Yeah. So James Randi and, and Alice Cooper had a very long history. And um, that was actually the beginning of this modern skeptic movement because uh, James Randi was very interested in this man called Uri Geller, who was a spoonbender. And so he invited another person who's a good friend of mine now, Ray Hyman, who is a psychologist at the University of, um, not psychologist, professor of psychology at the University of Eugene, Oregon. And they went to an Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper invited Ray Hyman to go to the show. And James Randi and him talked about it. They said, we got to do something about this Uri Geller person. And that became eventually a, a group called Psychop. Center for um, Skeptical Inquiry, which I'm a fellow of, and they investigate claims of the paranormal. So I'm associated with them in ways, and I'm associated with a lot of groups. But anyway, so that was Alice Cooper was kind of the start of the James Randi uh, fame. Well, Susan, because I know this history. Yeah, Susan Gerbic on Facebook, Susan Gerbic on Twitter, and your site one more time. Oh, SusanGerbic.org. That's that. That's dot org. Really? No, nonprofit? Really, it's a nonprofit. We are called About Time Project, and we are a nonprofit that investigates psychics. I mean, it costs us $800 to see to do Operation Onion Ring. Yeah, why are you doing nonprofit then? You should be getting paid. No. Okay. <laughs> no, That's rather, how I know you're a good person. I Yeah, I just won an award, and um, I donated all the money to to the nonprofit. What was the award called? Uh, the Bales Award. It's a. It's um, was given to me a couple of weeks ago. Sitting over here, I can't reach it. It's super heavy. It's um. This is a genuine, actual clap. Like I'm not just fucking <laughs> this is serious. Like serious. It's, that's a, awesome. it's an award for I. I just got it. It was awarded to me in 2019. I didn't know I was being awarded it. They kept a secret because the COVID. pandemic. They kept canceling the conferences, but they gave it to me the other day when I did an. I did a talk for Skeptical Inquire called um cat herding or something like that i also did a talk for the commonwealth club called operation onion ring so there's a lot of stuff out there that that talks about what i've done but i wanted to be farther we got to get like washington post or something you know usa today aim higher than the post good god Oh, yeah. I, well, I just got an article. They interviewed me for another New York Times article, too, just recently. That appeared in, I think, Josh Rogan. January. Get me on. I'm just not going to ask. People have asked. I've asked. Nobody's. I've been trying to get Josh Rogan on this show for the longest time. He follows me on Twitter. Oh, there you go. I want to learn more about this. I'm interested in so many things. I think that's the only reason why my show has any appeals, because I'm all over the freaking board. 
Well, we could talk details if you want to talk details, but if you want to talk generalities, we can talk today. We just talk generalities. People can look it up if they want, but yeah, we I'll talk, let me study well. and then bring you back on. To, okay. That's fine. But I got to talk to Mark first too. Yeah. He's in the other room. But I didn't know you guys were in the same room together. That's awkward. Well, don't don't tell him I told you we were, we were emailing. Well, he'll, he'll tell me. I know he will. He literally responded to me right as soon as I hopped on here. I was like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, thanks. Great for being on Susan and thanks, well, thanks to everybody. For I appreciate it. It's fun. Thanks to everybody listening to the episode of out of blank. Stay tuned for next episode.